welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. Vince, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. Um, just enjoying being one and zero yet again, and hoping we can do it for at least one more week. Absolutely, and uh, you know we're coming off uh, not only a Penn State win, but the Eagles won last night, so life is pretty good right now. Yeah, flying high, and and also flying high. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the sinkhole, but there is. Not only a sinkhole in one of the parking garages at Penn State, there was a sinkhole on the uh, like bike path that I take to get to work. Uh, so they fixed that. I, I ran over it a couple of times. So for me, that was like the equivalent of a Philadelphian like driving over like Route 95. So for my <laughs> like little pers- personal commute, I got to do that. So that nice. was enjoyable to have my my bike path to work uh, up and running again. Somehow I think the universe is like trying to tell you something if it's throwing literal sinkholes in your pathway to get to your place of employment. But that's just me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't given any days off. I just had to cross over and use the sidewalk. So (laughs) I found a way around it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, Dude, we have to talk about this one thing um, before we get into Northwestern talk, uh, because more stuff kind of came out in like articles and recaps after we recorded our Iowa recap. So first thing that I wanted to point out, which looked funny on the field, like live uh, Penn state started rolling out this three defensive end package on defense with Adisa Isaac chop Robinson and deny Dennis Sutton. And, you know, I saw this live because on the first team defense, I saw deny out there and I was just kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, are they like slotting him in like with either Adisa or Chop? Like, are they just like really going into the rotation already? But it turned out that they put all three of them out there. And when you look back at the highlights, that package resulted in at least two sacks, at least one fumble. So I love it, man. We're getting getting all that speed out there, all that skill. Like put those three guys in front of an offensive line and it they're going to give them hell all day. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the the Philadelphia Eagles uh, NASCAR package when they had three defensive ends. They would uh, slide Brandon Graham in, and that way they had three edge rushers. So, yeah, kind of reminds me of that. And, uh, you know, I think that was really good. And I, I think we should talk about Iowa a little bit because I got to listen to uh, Coach Franklin's presser mm-hmm. uh, about Iowa and preparing for Northwestern before we hopped on. And uh, another stat I found interesting is um, after that, recovered fumble uh penn state ran 80 of the next 96 plays of the game after i think he was talking about the the punt that riley thompson did and in those like 16 plays iowa had negative five yards of total offense like isn't that That, wild that's insane like the superlatives from that game just can't be overstated like just an absolute ass whooping and you know what I think is like so is so cool about this whole thing and like part of the reason why Penn State did what it did and how it did it was because of two years ago. Because, you know, leading up to the game, 
Kirk Ferentz was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't really expect this to bleed in too much of this game. Like that was two years ago. The past is the past, you know, kind of thing. And in response to that, you know what Penn State did? They said, F- that. And I yes. love that because then you like they didn't like announce it before the game because, you know, you're you got, you know, your business mentality going into the game. You're going in there to take care of uh, your job and all that stuff. But after the game, you hear like chop and others saying, yeah, you know, um, we were shown videos of like the assistant coaches, like flopping on the sidelines, like mocking our injured players and showed us like the comments that coach Ferentz had made after the game and stuff like that. And, uh, like, uh, I wasn't like a part of this game. Like this was a comment from chop. He's like, I wasn't a part of that game, but like, I have all the, you know, respect in the world for like PJ Mustafer and whatnot. And so we just wanted to like get that back for him. Cause we're not going to take that kind of disrespect. And then he followed that up with a flopping celebration for sacks in the game. <laughs> and I just, Oh God, it just, it was so cathartic because it's like, it's like, no Kirk, you can't just like, just try and like kumbaya this away after you signed off on this kind of behavior and this kind of just Bush league nonsense and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's going to bleed into this game and it did in a hell of a way. So that, yeah, that's, that's my piece. Yeah. So they started that and and they made that personal. Uh, so that, that was really cool to kind of see that. And another kind of funny comment that uh, coach Franklin made, he's like, Mike, your church did a good job of not getting bored. Um, yes. Talking about um, grinding the game away. Yeah. yeah, just Grinding it away. And he said, Hey, this is working at halftime. This is going to help us win. And we, they just kept on doing it. And, I think the game turned out so well, especially with how it started, because it just went exactly how Iowa wanted at the beginning. Like they got a yep. few first downs, they punted, they pinned us deep, they forced a three and out. And, you know, that's a typical they, Iowa game. That's an Iowa game. That's exactly what they want to do. And like at the beginning of the game, I think fans are going like, oh, OK, this could be a grinded out game. And then. You know, the turnover started to come. And then after that turnover, it just changed like the the uh, the the entire just vibe of the stadium changed. And that was so important. And to see Penn State just kind of grind it and just like slowly twist the knife in Iowa and just gradually wear them down like three yard run after three yard run. I thought it was a work of art. And, you know, this is almost kind of a different uh style of play for Penn state. We're, we're so used to those, uh, you know, trace McSorley bombs going down to, you know, uh, you know, Deshaun Hamilton and like, uh, John Dotson. We're so used to those big explosive plays. And now we're seeing this new style of football for Penn state where they're just not turning the football over, keep the chains moving methodically down the field. Do you think this is good for Penn state and they should try to keep it methodical like this or do you think they need to establish themselves uh with more explosive plays and more aggressiveness attacking down the field i'm more uh in mind of the former because you have nick singleton and katron allen like when you have those two guys and they're able to work with you know as little daylight as you're able to give them on the offensive line like you're gonna take those shots and uh So, you know, we like you look at kind of what is really succeeding in college football. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of teams that live and die on like those explosive plays. I mean, Ohio State is a prime example. But look at like 
your Michigans, look at your Georgias. Like those are those really physical teams that like to set the pace, use that run game to set up those more explosive plays. And I also think too, Penn State has those capabilities. They just haven't felt the need to like kind of dip, uh, dive deep into that well yet. You know, Drew's got arm for days and he's got accuracy for days, but they just like, they just haven't felt the need to kind of put the ball in more harm's way. Like, you know, uh, be at risk of going like three and out or something like that, which was so often what we saw with um, like the Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley offense, you know, just because of the kind of the lack of like being able to sustain those long drives and stuff. Like, I, I think that, you know, they're like, they're well situated um, almost having like that, having that in their back pocket in a way. Um, so I'm in favor of it because like, I don't know. It just, it just feels so much more, like dominant, controlling, stress-free as a fan and stuff. And like I said, I mean, when you have the the caliber of running backs that you do, like you, you know, you got to give them their shots. Yeah, I think so uh, too. I really, I do like the new style of offense that we're seeing. I know there were some boos from the crowd, but I, I think it's working. And I, I thought it was kind of funny because um, kind of coach described how Iowa played and he was like, oh, yeah, they loaded the box to, like, stop the run. And then the corners were kind of in, in really off coverage to really stop the deep play. So that kind of left the middle of the field wide open, which is kind of what I thought Iowa would do and was predicting would happen. So um, he was talking about how, you know, the the yards per catch weren't super high for, uh, you know, Drew Aller or pass, pass completion. But, you know, percentage is very high. Um, turnovers are low. And I think that's all you need to do for Penn State. Um, you know, just because someone is playing off, off coverage, that doesn't mean that you can't throw in a double move and try to get that off coverage corner to try to come up to, uh, you know, they might be trying to, to read the pass and make a tackle or an interception, and then you beat them on the double move. And I know with our Eagles, uh, you know, we, they, we've had corners that time where, man, they've gotten burned on double moves and off yep. coverage. So, yeah, uh, coach kind of talked about how they were trying to do some of those things, but Drew was just going through his progressions and it was like, oh, that guy's open for five yards, throws the ball, keeps us on schedule, moving the ball down the field. So I think that's, exactly. that's good. And I think that could be almost the key for you know beating Ohio State and beating Michigan is uh, because you saw it last year. Uh, we just couldn't keep up with the offensive explosiveness. Now, turnovers were, were a big issue in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if we get more time of possession with the ball, I think that's really important, especially with Michigan. They just, last time we played them, they wore us down and second half came around and our guys were toasted, uh, on the defense. So a lot of good things I saw, um, in terms of kind of course of the season as well. Uh, coach said they had 86 less plays on defense compared to, uh, last year four games into the season. So I think that's really good. I really like that they're rotating players. Um, he was saying about how they pretty much view their top two strings as but like starters for, uh, you know, the ones and twos. So I think that's good to just, you know, get a mixture of reps. You get some rest, especially on that defensive end. Um, and even offense too, if you're like a receiver running some deep routes, you get a, a quick breather. Um, so I think that's really good that they're able to get so many guys in there and so many guys of experience. I think that's keeping guys healthy. We've seen the Eagles do that and have a lot of success. So I really like how um, that's going. 
they also talked about in the presser how they have um, Sunday practices. So the guys who aren't playing in the game actually have like a scrimmage and like the starters will get like really into it. And he coach said that the players have uh, really bought into that. So the threes and fours. So I think that's something that's, um, you know, really cool. And I think the culture is developing in that depth. And I think we're really setting ourselves to be really successful for the long run. So I'm just so excited to, you know, really dive down into this next couple months of the season. Cause things are, uh, could not be off to a better start. No, I know. Like the sky's the limit. And, um, you have some pundits out there projecting Penn state to be in the final four, uh, for the college football playoff this year. Um, the field doesn't look collectively as terrifying as it has in years past. And I mean, granted, like it's September, so October and November are certainly going to change things. Uh, but like Penn state right now is sitting at four and oh, they have one of the top rated defenses in a large handful of categories. Their offense still has not turned the ball over. First year starting quarterback looks great, looks smart, poised, um, and just looks like he's been there and done that before, which is all you all you can ask for. So it's uh, it's all good stuff. And uh, so I think maybe that's like a good segue then to talk about Northwestern. So Penn State is going on their second road trip of the season. And actually, funny enough, they're going to be experiencing their second 11 a.m. local start time <laughs> uh, for a football game. Um, Both this games one in the state in, of Illinois. That's right. Yeah, this one being in Evanston now. Um, so what are some of your initial thoughts on this game? Um, and initial thoughts are I'm feeling really good about this game. I think Penn State's going to have a better game than they did uh, versus the Illini. Mm -hmm. um, this Northwestern team looks very different than when we saw them last year. Um, you saw a lot of Evan Hall running the ball and he, he's not there this year. Um, they're yes, super pass heavy right now. Yeah. Now they're super uh, pass heavy. Ben Bryant, the quarterback uh, coach said uh, he's the best like pure passer they've gone against all this year. And I would expect Northwestern to uh, play to their strengths. Uh, well, I don't think they're going to be going, taking too many shots down the field because I do think they are going to be worried about Penn State's pass rush. But yeah, this isn't the kind of run the ball heavy team it was last year. They've really struggled with the run this season. So I'm expecting it to be a, a pass heavy offense. Um, they had 400 yards passing versus Minnesota in that epic uh, overtime you know, comeback victory that they had this past season. Um, in terms of their defense, this is a team that really struggles uh, with the run. They gave up uh, almost 250 rushing yards to Minnesota. However, they have a really good, uh, you know, secondary. Uh, the secondary only gave up 100, about 150 passing yards. So that's definitely more of the the strength of the team. So I do think that uh, depending on what they do with the linebackers is really going to dictate what Penn State will do. Um, you know, Northwestern, if they struggle with, with the run as it is, they're probably, probably going to load up the box. However, uh, you know, if they're not that good in the first place, you might just see Penn state, you know, running the ball and methodically moving up the field or even seeing some missed tackles. And, uh, I think this would be a really good game where Nick has some opportunities to break a long one for 40 or 50 yards. So I think that could be the case. However, um, if Northwestern's doing pretty successfully and stopping the run. That means 
things are going to be open deep down the field. So I expect yeah. it to be either a game where they run the ball a lot or they go like r- literally all in to stop the run and their corners are going to be challenged with our, our, our receiver core. And I, I think it'll be a good test because this is a pretty solid secondary. So what are your thoughts? How do you think the game is going to play out here? Yeah, I mean, I think this is just like a, a sizable talent mismatch. Um, I think that Northwestern definitely has some dudes on their squad that um, are going to make some plays, uh, give Penn state, uh, you know, something to keep their eyes open for. I mean, you talked about Ben Bryant, um, got a really shout out uh, Bryce Kurtz, uh, who, ab- who had a monster game against Minnesota. They had something like, yeah, like absolutely crazy. So um, probably going to see Kalen on him. Uh, yeah. I think that, you know, like good secondary, but I think that Penn state is going to be able to move the ball like just about any way that they kind of want to, uh, without trying to sound like too disrespectful. I mean, this is a defense that is giving up, uh, more than 370 yards per game, uh, defensively so far this season. And Penn state is going to be the best team that they'll have played so far in their season by a pretty big margin. Uh, so I, kind of foresee this being uh, closer to like a 500 yard offensive performance day for Penn state, even with the backups. Like I'm feeling very confident. I think that the reps that Bo and a lot of these other guys are getting are going to really start to pay dividends because I mean, even saw uh, Trey Potts out there against Iowa doing some really, uh, really good things, um, catching the ball out of the flat and just uh, making some guys miss. So I think that's just a microcosm of some things that we might see even in this game. Um, but yeah, I definitely noted the uh, kind of the, the rushing defense. Um, currently, they rank 115 in FBS teams uh, in terms of total rushing defense, giving up roughly um, 185 yards per game. So I could definitely see this being a big game for Nick Singleton and Katron because we are we're still kind of waiting for that like Nick Singleton pop off where he just like busts one for like 60, 70 yards. So I think this could be like, a you know, possibly the one like where that happens. Um and yeah, I think that, uh, you know, this is, uh, it's just going to be kind of difficult, um, for Northwestern probably to like find a rhythm because like this, this pass rush is starting to like find its groove. Um, obviously the secondary, uh, is very deep, very skilled, very elite. So, um, I think that's, uh, going to be something that they're going to be wary of because they know just like how prolific this defense is with, uh, kind of getting turnovers. And on top of that, um, you know, I, I don't know what the experience and the depth of their own line is, but Northwestern's given up um, a handful of sacks so far th- through this season. Uh, they've given they've uh, given up at least one sack um, in each of their games so far, and they gave up five sacks against Rutgers. So I think that this uh, defensive line, um, you know, could have themselves a nice day, like maybe like a four sack game, or maybe they'll feel extra motivated and want to break that five number of Rutgers. So yeah, I I think that, uh, you know, Northwestern just taking away all the X's and O's they're coming off like an emotional overtime win against Minnesota. Um, although at the same time, Penn state's coming off like an emotional, um, win against Iowa in a really charged environment. So, you know, I think that the coaches are still going to have to kind of tout the message of this is an opportunity to go out there, compete, have fun, get better, and execute, uh, going into the bye week here. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that, but I just, I think that, uh, you know, Penn state has the advantage in a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be a matter of, uh, seeing how it all unfolds. Yeah. And I, I think 
it is tough when you come off those emotional wins, especially uh, like Northwestern did. They were down 31 to 10 at one point in the game in the fourth quarter, came back, got three touchdowns. Um, those comebacks don't ha- happen too often. And when you're Penn State and you're studying the film, uh, you're saying to yourself, hey, we can't let that be us. And really yeah. offensively for Northwestern, I just really don't see them scoring. Like, just I can't see them doing it. Uh, the area where we're a little weak is, um, you know, stopping the run, but that's not something they do well. Um, yep. The area that they're better at is the passing game, and we're great at defending the pass. They were, you know, we're called lockdown you for a reason. So, um, I just, yeah, I don't see them scoring. I think the offense will, uh, for the most part, be able to, uh, you know, move the ball pretty efficiently and, um, I think they're going to get to work on a lot of things and try some new things. And I, I really can't see them turning the ball over in this one either. So it's, uh, I think they'll keep doing what they're doing, run the ball a lot. Um, if they're Northwestern's being too aggressive, I think you see Penn State try to beat them over the top. So, um, yep. I feel really good, uh, heading into this one a little bit more optimistic than, uh, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. So, uh, yeah, Penn state's kind of established itself more, um, has really kind of solidified an identity, uh, offensively that not a lot of us expected, but most of us are okay with. So, you know, if we're going to keep pounding the rock and still have all the success doing it, it's like, uh, you know, keep doing it. But, uh, um, so we talked about Ben, we talked about Bryce, uh, you talked about, uh, some of the DBs, any other Northwestern guys you got your eye on? Uh, yeah, the kick returner, uh, in coach Franklin's presser, he mentioned that he was good and it seems like every mm-hmm. week he says that, but, um, yeah, <laughs> so I think that's something to keep an eye out for if coach messages it in the, the presser. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, the only other two that I have on my list, uh, are the linebacking linebacker, excuse me, duo of Bryce Gallagher and Xander Mueller, uh, just because, you know, they're wanted to, um, in terms of like tackle numbers. So, you know, they're heavily involved, uh, you know defensively and Xander himself uh, also has like a handful of uh, like other plays under his belt. Like he has one um, interception, which he had a nice uh, return for and stuff like that. So um, I think that, you know, even though that their uh, rushing defense might be a little bit behind their, their pass defense, uh, those guys will still be a good challenge for Nick and Catron. I think they're uh, both, um, uh, upperclassmen. So, you know, a bit of experience out there to challenge the youth. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, it'll be a fun game. Uh, are you ready for some over-unders? Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, last year it was pretty grainy in Beaver stadium. Uh, Penn state only snuck away with a 17 to seven victory all time. Penn state is 14 and five in the series hoping that we can make that a 75% uh, you know, win rate. So my first over under for you, of course, is the spread. So the spread started at 25 and a half. It has since moved up to 27 in favor of Penn State. Uh, do you see Penn State covering the spread in this one? I do. I think that the depth of Penn State is going to show through. I think that even with the twos and threes, Penn State is going to be very effective against this Northwestern squad. Um, I can see Penn state getting up into the thirties, uh, in the first half. So I'm, I'm taking Penn state to cover the spread. 
That's a good communion prediction. They're uh, 30 points <laughs> yeah. in the first half. I like it. Um, yeah, I have them covering the spread in this one, too. I'm feeling pretty good going into this one. So I think you're going to see guys getting rest, which is uh, you know really important throughout the course of the season. Um, I know even in like track and field, uh, when we would run a 10K on the track, our coach wouldn't have us race the following week. So um, being mindful of uh, workload, really important. And I really good to see um, coach keeping track of those stats. Like it's crazy that they're doing year to year stats and just looking at number of plays. Like that's really how in depth these guys go. And I really love uh, studying those analytics and seeing what they do. So, uh, you know, really impressive. Uh, so yeah, I, I got them covering the spread. All right. Cool. Uh, points four over under 36 and a half. Over. Uh, after I'm saying, you know, 30 plus points in the first half, I can't exactly take the under here. Yeah, absolutely not. So I'll take the over as well. All right. Moving on to the defense, uh, points against over under nine and a half. Uh, I have the over, this is a, it's going to be a long game. Like we're going to see the twos and threes. We're not going to see another shutout. Yeah. So kind of what, what I'm looking at here is, um, I think I've really underestimated this Penn State defense um, against West Virginia. Pretty much they gave up a touchdown and then like a garbage time touchdown. Uh, same thing happened to Illinois. Delaware only had that one big run for a touchdown on a missed assignment. And then you had Iowa not even score. So yep. I think like Northwestern will maybe get a field goal, but I could also see like a garbage time touchdown. So that's the only reason I have the score uh, over nine and a half is garbage. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like this defense now uh, because of this one game has just exploded uh, like up at the top of the charts in like so many different categories. And I think they're sitting number one right now in FBS and like total defense or like some prominent stat. So, yeah, I I do know that they are number one in turnover differential and they're number one in time of possession in the FBS. So I think those are two really important stats. You got to love when your team has the football and you got to love when they're uh, winning the turnover battle. So yeah, that's some uh, good things. Good things to see. All right. uh, Moving on to the offense rushing yards over or under 250. Oh man. Um, yeah, to hell with it. I'll, I'll take the over. Um, I, I'm predicting, like I said, like close to a 500 uh, yard game for Penn State. Um, this rushing defense is giving up over 180 per game. These are the best running backs that might be in the in the entire conference. So, yeah, give me the over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Um, kind of right around with the, the over unders, we got 500 yards pretty much. So we got two, two fifty on the ground, uh, over under 250 passing yards, man. I hate, I hate to like predict on these ones cause they're so tough because I, I feel like, you know, not, not to like sound, you know, like I said, disrespectful, but I just feel like Penn state is going to be able to like move the ball any which way they want. So it makes it like mm-hmm. even tougher to predict. Um, I will, I'll take the under and I'll tell you why, because I think that Drew is probably going to throw for about 200 and you're going to see a heavy dose of Bo. And we all know what to expect when Bo comes in. We're going to see runs, 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 and more runs. So I think that, uh, like maybe like 225, 230. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take the under, uh, as well with the passing. Uh, I think 
you know, Drew's passing percentage will probably be close to probably between 70 and 75%. But yeah, I think, I think you'll see him maybe around like 200 passing yards. So I'll, I'll take the under as well. I, I don't expect him to really change what he's been doing, especially since he's having such great success. So, um, you know, I don't think he's going to try to mess with anything new versus Northwestern. Agreed. All right. Onto the defense rushing yards for the defense. Uh, over under 100 rushing yards for Northwestern. Uh, give me the under. Um, this defense is capable of shutting down an offense uh, when it wants to, rushing wise. Um, they did it against Iowa. Iowa has, you know, very traditionally been a pound the rock type of offense. Now, granted, they were without some of their uh, primary running backs, but LaShawn Williams is no slouch. And Penn State shut them down anyway. Now, granted, there were some other factors that played a part in that. Um, Iowa had to, you know, try and throw the ball a bit more down the stretch. But this defense is elite. Um, They have way too many athletes out there to shut down just about any kind of like offensive attempt, uh, depending on the team, of course. So I'm feeling confident. I'll take I'll take the under. Yes. Uh really same here. I'm going to take the under you hold Iowa to 23. You're going, and that's something they do well. And I think you're going to go with Northwestern and I I think they'll keep them under a hundred. All right, moving on to passing yards. So last week, uh, Northwestern had 400 yards through the air. Do you have over under 200 yards for Northwestern's pass offense under, um, yeah, even more so than the rushing defense, I'm confident in the passing defense. Uh, this this defense is first and foremost built to defend the pass. This pass rush um, is uh, going to get after the quarterback early and often. All of the defensive backs are capable of, you know, picking the ball off at a moment's notice. So I'll take the under. All right. Uh, Penn State turnovers over or under one and a half. As in, we give the ball up or we take it away? We give the ball up. Under. All Penn right. State, yeah. I mean, Penn State hasn't, they're, they're the last remaining FBS team uh, without an offensive turnover. And each week I keep saying, oh, well, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to be <laughs> it. You know, the streak's going to end. And they keep proving me wrong. So I'm, I'm going back into, uh, you know, kind of the pool of like, yeah, no, they're going to keep the streak alive. And to be quite honest, too, like I don't think that they're going to have to put the ball in harm's way all that often, you know. And so as long as the running backs can like hang on to the ball, I think that Penn State's going to do just fine uh, protecting the ball. So I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm with you on that one too. I'll, I'll take the under. Uh, takeaways uh, over or under two and a half. Over. This is a yeah. This is this is a turnover uh, driving machine defensively for Penn state did it against Illinois. They did it against Iowa. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ben is not, uh, Ben Bryant is not, you know, immune to throwing a couple of interceptions, uh, especially with how often they're probably going to be throwing the ball around. So I'll take the over. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I just think with all that throwing really creates the, the opportunity for interceptions through the air and then also uh, strip sack fumbles. So, uh, yeah. I'll take the over for two and a half. All right, how's our pass rush do? Uh, over or under three and a half sacks. I'll take the over. I'm feeling good, man. I like I, I'm just like riding high like on on all these stats, like all the all the updates and stuff. So I'll take the over. If 
if Rutgers can get five, we can get the over here. I like it. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll take over as well. I think they're really starting to hit their stride. They might not have the the level of the whiteout uh, just because, you know, when you play in a whiteout, you're just a different person on the defense. So, uh, yeah, but I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the over for sacks. I think they're really kind of starting to hit their stride after the, you know, the first three weeks of not really getting to the quarterback too much. Yep. All right. Um, over or under one and a half sacks on Drew Aller and company. I'll take the under, um, you know, they've been doing a really good job of protecting drew, um, against some pretty good defenses. I mean, Phil Parker for Iowa is like known for being like one of the best defensive coordinators in the entire game. Um, they almost always have like some very high level defensive end talent that comes through Iowa. Um, and, uh, they, I, they didn't record a sack, right? So, like, if Iowa, you know, with like a you know top-rated defense can't do it, I'm not feeling super confident that Northwestern would be able to do it. So, I'll take the under here. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under as well. Um, Coach just talked about really being consistent and how import, important that is, and he's absolutely, uh, you know, right. I, I know I try to be the same way when even just preparing for the pod, being consistent and. Yeah, <laughs> being ready to perform because, you know, even though they're I want to make your job easy for editing. So uh, trying to <laughs> really, really perform at the what top a guy. level with what my guy. preparation. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be really consistent. I think, you know, the line's going to study the different blitz packages that Northwestern brings. And I think they're going to do it. They've been doing a good job and I think they'll continue to do so. So I'll take the under. Cool. All right, moving on to factor fiction. Um, uh, the Penn State defense will continue to g- give up zero points in the third quarter. Hmm, this one's tough. I'm gonna say fiction, and the only reason I'm saying fiction is because I think by that point in the game, you're gonna see the twos and threes, and so I don't think that Northwestern is gonna open up a scoring frenzy, but I think they get at least a field goal. So I'll say fiction. I'm going to say fact. Penn State owns the third okay. quarter. I don't think they're giving up anything. I think they're taking care- they're on a business trip and they're going to con- continue to take care of business. All right. Uh, fact or fiction. Penn State will score at least 30 points for the 12th time in a row, continuing the streak. Hard fact. Uh, write it in Sharpie on the wall. Like you can <laughs> like bet the house on it. Fact. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. No complaints. Fact. Keep it rolling. All right. Fact or fiction. Um, Penn State is going to have more explosive plays. This is going to be the game where they break out. I'll say fact, um, but it's not going to be because they feel like they have to. I think they're going to do a couple of things just to one, put it on film and two, give Drew some live in-game reps to do those sorts of things. Um, you know, really the only super explosive play that has occurred so far was that long touchdown pass to KLS in the first game. So obviously Drew is capable of putting it just about in any window that's there, but he hasn't really had to, uh, do that sort of thing in any other game so far this season, because everything has been so methodical and so like run heavy and just like 
sustaining drives and everything like that. So I think in these next two games against Northwestern and then against UMass, like they need to, you know, kind of knock the rust off a little bit. Like when it comes to like that game speed, you know, cause doing it in practice is, is great, but got to do it against like real defenders who, who want to bring them to the ground. So I think you'll, I think you'll see a couple of them. Okay. Um, I'm kind of split on this one. I think in, in terms of, uh, running the football. I think you'll see some explosive plays. So I'll say fact for that, but I'll say uh fiction for the air. I think they're going to really focus on keeping him healthy, controlling the football, just working the ball down the field, keeping that defense fresh for, you know, Ohio state and Michigan to come. So I think uh, I'm going to go I'm split. I'll say fact. You'll see a couple big runs, but I don't think you're going to see more than like maybe one or two, uh, you know, big passes down the field. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's see. Next on the on the board, we have Penn State has zero turnovers. Fact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> until until they until they prove otherwise. I mean, this is this is a smart football team, man. They they're protecting the ball like crazy. Drew is super smart, not putting the ball in harm's way. I'll say fact. I, I have to say fact for this one as well. Um, yeah. You know, un- until they prove me other, I I think you, I could say fact all the way up to the Ohio State game. That's how good I feel about this team. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say fact till at least uh, October 21st when we play the Buckeyes. <laughs> so. All right, all right. Um, fact or fiction? Bo Parola will have a touchdown. Fact. Yeah, uh, he's either gonna run it in or he'll or he'll throw it. But yeah, he'll he'll have at least one touchdown in this game. Yeah, I think I'll I'll go fact with that one uh, as well. I think you'll see um, coach trying to work with work on some things. He he did say that Bo's been looking good in practice. However, they've been in more um, kind of four minute offense situations where they want to grind the clock down and you know get everyone off the field. So it, it makes sense, but it, it'll be cool if uh, you know Bo can get one through the air. Yeah, fact or fiction? We'll see Trey Potts have a rushing touchdown. Hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. Well, um, Smith. Pick your poison. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, I'll say fiction just because I think like if and when we get down to that point, I think uh, you'll probably see Bo take it in or in, you know, a crazy plot twist. You'll see him like throw to a tight end, you know, because yeah. <laughs> we've seen plenty of Bo's legs, but we haven't seen uh, seen him. I don't know. Have we seen him throw a touchdown so far this season? I don't think so. I think he's rushed for one. Got it. So this is the game. This is going to be the one. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, um, yeah, I'll say fiction as well. Uh, I think you're going to see the starters play through three quarters. So I think you'll see them. I'm a little more pessimistic than you are. Maybe my, uh, we're getting back to our norms here, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think you'll see the, the starters through three quarters, but I think, um, yeah, Bo will have one rushing or uh, passing it through the air, one or the other. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Um, fact or fiction? Uh, Penn State will continue to play grinded out football. Fact. Um, you know they like why? Why get away from like what's working? So even though I did say I think maybe we will see like a couple more shots than we've seen in the last three games. Uh, the recipe for Penn State right now is physical run heavy football uh you know kind of avoiding getting in those third and long situations so like why would you try and like shy away from that when 
you have a possible recipe for success against Ohio State and Michigan. Like fine tune this approach, master it, and get it ready for the big dogs. Yeah, I'm going to say fact. No reason to go away from it. Uh, Penn State this year has just made the winning play. Um, Not trying to do too much um, and just taking what the defense gives them. And um, that dictates how you play. So I'm going to say, uh, you know, Penn State's going to continue to do so. So I'll say fact. All right, moving on to our favorite part of the show, uh, communion predictions. All right, Andrew, what do you have for us for communion? Yeah. So this week I am just continuing to roll on cloud nine with the defense. So I'm, I'm going defensively with my communion prediction this week. And I am predicting that the defense will score a touchdown in this game. I like it. Do you think it's a scoop and score or a pick six? My guess is a scoop and score. Like I like it. I'm yeah. I'm seeing like Northwestern inside the 10. You got one of the ends just like screaming around the outside and just, Bah, like balls out, gets picked up by another end, and then he's in. All right, who you got? What which tight end? Or sorry, um, defensive end. Yeah, Chop's gonna force the ball out, and then Adisa recovers it. All right, so if we get all those details, you, you get bonus points. But okay, if, yeah. if we get if we get a defensive touchdown, your your prediction is good. So great. Well, I think we're doing a good job as podcast host of having complimentary predictions. So. Uh, for my communion prediction, I'm going with the offense. I think you'll have uh, two running backs. I think Katron and Nick will both have over 100 rushing yards, and Penn State will have over 300 rushing yards as a team. I just nice. see them run, running the ball down Northwestern's throat, and uh, I think that's how this game's going to play out. Cool. Yeah, I can see it. All right. Uh, final score. What do you have for us? So yeah, I think uh, just going back to some of our earlier thoughts, I think that this is just a situation where the talent difference is pretty noticeable. Um, you know, I think that Penn State in this game is going to look pretty solid on both sides of the football, even in the situation where they have the twos and threes in there. Um, like I, you know, I believe in in all the depth that Penn State has. So you know, at the end of the day, I think Northwestern is going to have some difficulties. Uh, scoring. So my prediction here is that Penn state wins this game 48 to 10. Yeah, that's a good score. Uh, I'm thinking pretty similar, just not quite as high with the scoring. Um, for my score prediction, I have 38 to 10 Penn state over Northwestern. Uh, the reason for that is I think you're going to continue to see Penn state do these long drives. Uh, and when you have long drives like this, um, that takes a lot of time off the clock, which means you have lost opportunities. So, I think you're going to see more long drives, which will lead to Penn State having less points. And also, um, it is supposed to be a little windy. Gusts are supposed mm-hmm. to be around 17 miles an hour, the forecast said. So it might make it a little more uh, difficult to you know, kick field goals, which I know that's another area that we didn't talk about yet. Uh, but hopefully it's a little better because there was a missed uh, field goal against Iowa. So hopefully um, we can get uh, Alex Falcons. Uh, some more repetitions, taking um, field goal attempts in, you know, especially not perfect weather conditions. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be uh, good practice as well. And yeah, and 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 once you get the the twos in, uh, the offense just never operates, you know, quite as good. So that's why I got thirty eight Northwestern. I think they'll maybe have three points and then uh, get a 
touchdown and garbage time, similar to Illinois and West Virginia. So, uh, cool. yeah, that's, that's why I'm rolling with 10. I, I think something I've, I've been a little bit of a disservice of is, um, you know, not rolling with the, uh, defense as much as I should. I had Iowa scoring 16, which was a big mistake, <laughs> especially giving up a goose egg. So I'm going to roll with the defense here. They only give up a field goal and then maybe a, a touchdown in garbage time. So gotcha. That's what cool. I got. Uh, what are some other games that you're excited to watch uh, this weekend after Penn State? Man, you know, it, it's it's tough to like name them because I think we were just so um, laser focused on week four because of how jam packed it was. Uh, you know, really starting off, though, got to got to go with uh, Colorado USC. That one <laughs> is that one's like it's it's funny because um, the uh the start time for that game is something like it's noon 9 a.m. Yeah, but it's noon Eastern time. Well, it's in Colorado. Yeah. So yeah, 10 right. Mountain time. That's that's a weird, that's an early kickoff. Like, why are they doing that? Yeah, TV TV money makes the world go round, bro. <laughs> like that's yeah, all I, all I, I, I can just say. can't imagine why like they have like Georgia at 3:30 and like the heat of the day. Well, I guess it would be 12 too, but yeah, whatever. Like the Pac-12 does weird things. They have like 10:30 kickoffs. They have noon kickoffs or 10 o'clock kickoffs, like AM and PM. Like you can't, you have to be really specific when you talk about Pac-12 football. They're just all over the place. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, Utah, Oregon State. That's a that's a ranked matchup. Um, should be pretty good. Uh, Georgia Auburn. You know, still should be pretty good. I mean, Auburn's not ranked, but Georgia Auburn's like a big rivalry. Uh, Texas, Kansas, that's another, um, ranked matchup. I mean, Texas, uh, hasn't looked at quite as sharp as they, uh, as they did when they beat Alabama. Uh, Kansas has had a pretty good season so far. So I think that'll be a pretty good game. Yeah. Both teams Um, undefeated. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, LSU Ole Miss, that's uh, another ranked matchup. Uh, Notre Dame rivalry too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you got Notre Dame and Duke. Uh, Notre Dame obviously coming off Game that day. last second. Yep. Uh, last second victory uh, for Ohio State in that one. Duke is undefeated. They have like probably their highest ranking in a long time. They're at 17 right now. Um, like you said, they got Game Day there. So that's going to be a huge, uh, huge environment. Um, like their quarterback at Duke, man, he's got a lot of moxie. So uh, it'll be it'll be a good yeah. game. Uh, First good time ever. I'm looking forward to it. First time ever yeah, they had a- Game Day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, good for them. Uh, that, that should be neat. Um, obviously kind of like a quasi like in-conference rival with Notre Dame. Uh, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be awesome. Um, yeah. And outside of that, I mean, we have a couple of ones that have some intrigue. I mean, I think, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee could be interesting. I mean, South Carolina seems to be a bit of a wild card. Like they can get really hot with, uh, Spencer Rattler and, you know, some games they, maybe aren't as, uh, as lethal. Um, Tennessee has looked vulnerable, uh, you know, at, uh, this point in the season. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, South Carolina can pull off that, that upset. Um, Alabama and Mississippi state, uh, Alabama's ranked 12. Mississippi state is, uh, unranked, um, kind of expect Bama to roll in that one. Um, if I'm being honest, I mean, you know, once Bama kind of finds like a sliver of like something that's going to work for them, they, kind of just stick with it. And then, uh, finally for me, I have, uh, Washington, Arizona and Washington looks pretty damn good. 
so far mm-hmm. this season. So I expect them to just like blow the Wildcats out of the water in that one. Yeah. Um, the state of Arizona in general is just, uh, you know, basketball school. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, something interesting I saw that uh, I think uh, uh, Coach Saban made a comment about uh, Mississippi State. I wasn't sure if he was like talking specifically about their defense, but he said it was going to be uh, tougher than last week's matchup against Ole Miss. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, a little bit of coach speech, maybe. Uh, I mean, are, are they away in this one and they were home in the last one? Like, yeah, they are away. The they're at Mississippi State. So maybe there's some of that. I mean, I just don't I don't necessarily think that Saban is out there like consciously taking pot shots, especially against like some of his former uh <laughs> his former coordinators. Like I I mean, the guy's a hard ass, but he doesn't exactly come across like that kind of guy. So I don't know. I I think he might have just like absent mindedly like made that comment based on like one or two factors that he didn't necessarily fully articulate. And now you, you have this like narrative that he's like, Oh, like Ole Miss ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, then we'll switch over to the big 10. Uh, Minnesota is going to be hosting uh, Louisiana. They're three and one. So see how the Asian Cajuns do. Uh, that's always a, a fun mascot to, to go against. Uh, then you got Rutgers hosting Wagner one and two. Uh, I, I expect them to win that one. Uh, Iowa will be hosting Michigan State. We'll see if they can kind of bounce back after that uh, thumping during the whiteout. Uh, Illinois is going to be traveling to one and three Purdue. And then we have number two, Michigan at two and two Nebraska. Um, how close do you think Nebraska can keep uh, keep pace with Michigan? You know, it. Um, I think I think Michigan's going to win that game probably by like three touchdowns, but it's going to be like a case where the score is going to be like uh, 24 to three, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Cause I mean, Michigan's got, you know, a hell of a good defense and Nebraska's quarterback is prone to turning the ball over. So that's not exactly a recipe for beating the number two team. Very true. Uh, good points. And then last we have a uh, two and two Indiana at four and Maryland. I think Maryland's going to roll away in that one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so too. I think that, uh, Indiana, um, they, you know, similar to Northwestern, they're coming off, uh, you know, a really nail biting game, um, quad overtime victory over Akron and our former offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead. Uh, so I think that they're going to be, you know, kind of recovering from that one a little bit. I think Maryland's rolling right now. So yeah, I'll take Maryland, uh, by a couple scores in that one. Yeah, I do think actually, um, you know, just seeing how the season's gone so far, I think Maryland might actually be a little bit of a threat for Penn State. Just kind of, you know, looking ahead into the schedule, I expect them to beat Indiana. They'll be five and zero. Then they're at Ohio State. Figure they'll lose that one. They'll be five and one. And then Maryland is going to be playing Illinois. I think they can win that six and one. Then they play. Oh, they have their bye. And then week nine, they're at Northwestern. I think they can win that. That'll be uh, seven and one. And then they're playing us uh, the following week, week 10. So I think that'll be a interesting matchup uh, as well. First weekend in November. Maybe maybe we'll have to make a road trip. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, they as long as they win the games that are in front of them, I mean, they can position themselves pretty nicely. Yeah, so... 
I don't know. It might not be that uh, 59 to uh, nothing beat down that you got to witness <laughs> a year ago. Well, that's uh, that's what they thought back in, in 2019, too. And we all know how that turned out. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's true. So that'll be interesting to kind of look at as the, you know, um, you know, the weeks go along. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, uh, any any other football things you want to talk about before we go to the PSU roundtable? Yeah. So I just wanted to uh, talk about real quick, um, you know, because, I mean, obviously the spectacle that is the whiteout um, is great in real time, like seeing kind of the pageantry of college football and all of its like full display. But, um, you know, one thing that always happens with the whiteout as well is it being a huge recruiting opportunity for Penn State. So Penn State makes an effort to bring basically any and all recruits that they are targeting uh, to the whiteout because they know that it's going to be like the best display of like the program, the fan base, the fanfare, the excitement, the energy, the game itself, like all of the things are like the best foot forward that Penn State can put like with these recruits. And, um, you know, as has been the case for many years in the past, Penn State is almost immediately reaping the benefits uh, from a recruiting standpoint with the whiteout. Uh, because in the last three days, Penn State has landed three recruits, one for each day <laughs> after the whiteout ended. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's working wonders. Exactly what they wanted to, wanted it to do. So it's Penn like State, the, the the twelve days of Christmas, twelve days of commitments. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see <laughs> we'll see if that uh, if that streak continues tomorrow. But uh, yeah, so the the first one to commit, uh, I believe it was on Sunday, actually. Uh, we have uh, DJ McClary, four-star linebacker out of uh, New Jersey. He is a, a top 10 linebacker recruit in the class of uh, 2025. So LBU just continuing to do their thing. Uh, then yesterday, we had uh, Tyke Hayes, a three-star running back out of uh, Western PA. I believe he uh, goes to Aliquippa. So right in like the Whippy old wheelhouse that uh you know some of our stealing another pick guy <laughs> yeah, exactly um but yeah so uh got him as well um you know uh Jamwan Sire it just he, he's just a running back talent magnet so that's all that needs to be said about that and then today we got uh pretty pretty big uh commitment in uh Brady O'Hara who is listed as a four-star tight end slash athlete from uh also from Pittsburgh PA. And, uh, this, this one's kind of interesting because he's listed as he's like projected to be a tight end because of his, his, uh, height and his size, but he's listed as an athlete right now. So be kind of interesting to see how they, uh, how do they utilize this kid? I mean, he's, he's big, he's already six, six and he's all, and he's in the 2025 class. Uh, so, um, you know, one thing I think we also need to kind of give props to, cause we talk about all these like coordinators and these coaches, we got to give props to Ty Howell. Uh, the tight ends coach for Penn State because uh, when um, when the former tight ends coach went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody was like kind of like, oh my god, like what's going to happen to the tight ends now? We have like this this former offensive lineman now coaching the tight ends. Like this is a position that he never even played in, much less coached. Yada yada yada. Like all the guy has done is just like absolutely knock it out of the park. Like yet Brenton Strange become second round pick he's looking like he's going to be like a stud in the nfl um you've got now just an absolute two-headed monster in tyler warren and theo johnson you feel absolutely secure with either one of those guys um and then you have khalil dinkins and jerry and jerry cross waiting in the wings and obviously those guys are plenty capable too so 
props to you, Ty Howell, man. Like you were a stud when you played and you're a stud as a coach. So uh, just want to point that out as well, that he's, he's bringing in this guy. And I saw, I saw a pretty funny uh, comment on Reddit actually about this commitment because um, uh, like for big, like blue chip recruits, sometimes uh, somebody will start a thread about that particular player and somebody um, from the Notre Dame fan base chimed in and said, how did we not manage to land this guy with a name like that with Brady (laughs) O'Hara? And I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Yeah. Especially that Irish name. But yeah, I think that's great for, uh, you know, Ty Howell doing an awesome job. And I don't think that's like the worst. It's not like you're hiring a a defensive guy. I think, you know, with the, the way the game is played now, I think you're seeing more of these tight ends try to, you know, really honing their craft in terms of, uh, you know, being a wide receiver. And you might be seeing more of that at the high school level. So their, their route running may be more developed. And since he's an offensive lineman, guy, he might really be able to, uh, help those tight ends. You know, you see Tyler Warren, you know, doing it a great job blocking. Uh, so I think, you know, his, you know, expertise as a blocker really helps Penn state develop these more complete tight ends. You heard coach talk about that, you know, first week of the season, he says, we have real tight ends, they block, uh, you know, and they can receive as well. So I think that's yeah. kind of a, you know, testament to that offensive line background. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was more so speaking about, you know, kind of the, your, I I guess I'll say casual Penn State fan who would get on like Facebook or wherever and just be like, oh my God, like they couldn't, they couldn't get an outside guy. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Like at this point, you know, like, I guess it would be fair to call us seasoned fans. Like we know to just kind of like wait and let these things play out a little bit Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then make remarks, pass judgment, whatever the case may be. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's all I got with, uh, football for now. Like I said, I mean, um, be interesting to see if any other recruiting news, um, start to pop up. So, you know, one thing that, uh, is also kind of interesting since we're, you know, kind of, we, uh, kind of loosely reference the team out West. Um, one, uh, I believe he's a linebacker who's committed to Pitt right now was at the whiteout. <laughs> So <laughs> that's great, man. Wouldn't, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something if, uh, James Franklin committed, um, one of his, uh, his top rated linebacker commute, uh, commits, uh, via the whiteout. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Pat Narduzzi is going to complain about like recruiting, not being fair or something. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like no one wants to play in front of like 10,000 pit fans in like Heinz field when you can come to Beaver stadium and have like over a hundred thousand every single game. Like exactly. That just it doesn't appeal to, to anybody. So yeah, let's do the, let's do the round table though. We got, we got lots to talk about there, right? Yeah. Lots to talk about, um, you know, field hockey, uh, another t- tough loss. It's kind of been an up and down season for them. They lost a two to one, uh, versus Syracuse women's soccer kept things rolling. Number four in the country continuing to stay undefeated. They beat Nebraska 1-0 at home. Uh, On to women's volleyball. A little bit of a slow start to the season. However, they did manage to uh, pick up a big win, uh, three sets to none against Northwestern. And then women's hockey split with uh, number five, Northeastern, uh, on their trip to Boston. They lost 1-0 and then won 2-1 in the second matchup. So they split with... uh, you know, very high quality team. Uh, men's soccer is going to be at home tomorrow. So that'll be the, the 27th versus Howard University. 
Uh, women's soccer on Thursday is going to be at Michigan. Women's ice hockey will be at home Friday, uh, 6 p.m. versus UConn. Uh, women's volleyball is going to be at Illinois, 9 p.m. Uh, Friday night. And then let's see, what else do we got on the composite schedule? Um, yeah, those, so those are the, the big events. Um, lastly, we got cross country, my favorite, the uh, Paul Short Invitational in Lehigh. That's a big one every year. And I believe uh, that's where Penn State's going to have regionals this year. So um, definitely some good course recon for the guys to uh, prepare them for uh, the biggest race of their season to try to qualify for the uh, NCAA championships. Cool. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff happening. And uh, one thing, um, you know, their, their season has, hasn't started yet, but want to throw in uh, some, some wrestling news here as well. So uh, similar to football, wrestling is uh, making some big splashes in the recruiting world. Uh, they got the number one pound for pound wrestling recruit in the country in uh pj duke committing to penn state uh so kale sanderson just keeps on winning doing his thing um and uh pj is projected to probably wrestle at like 157 uh when he gets to penn state uh penn state has a very rich history of having some dominant wrestlers at the 157 uh pound weight class so um yeah it's gonna be great to you know kind of get this kid kale is Kale's been on a war path the last couple of years. And one thing that I, I forgot to mention too, it was 100% so funny and intentional that they honored the, the wrestling team and their national championship during the Iowa game. Yeah. That was, that was 100% gold. intentional and it was awesome. Like they knew, they knew exactly what they were doing. And I love yes, it. Putting some more salt in the wound of these, uh, exactly. these Iowa fans. Yeah. 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 Oh, I did want to continue the the round table though. So women's hockey, yep. they'll be having two games. So uh in uh they'll be in Pagola on Saturday also at two PM. And then we have uh, on October first, women's soccer is going to be at Michigan State. Women's volleyball is going to be at Minnesota September thirtieth. So that's a Saturday night matchup, so that'll be fun. Uh field hockey is gonna be at Maryland on Sunday, two PM. Men's soccer is going to be at number 22, Michigan State. They've been having an awesome season so far. And I think we can wrap it up there because I think we'll have another pod before the kind of next wave of Penn State athletic events. There's also a lot of uh, preseason game matchups. So if you go to the uh, women's lacrosse website and softball, they have some kind of fall ball games. So they're more kind of unofficial scrimmages. But if you're in the area and are looking to check those teams out, you can check them out as well. Cool. Yep. All right, man. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Do you want to put a ball on this? Yeah, everybody go ahead and check our website out at uh, nittanyblues.com. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. That's also how you can get in contact with us if you want to give us your thoughts on the Penn State season so far, give us a community prediction and stuff like that. Uh, you can check out our merch at shop.nittanyblues.com. We uh, still have a couple days of our promotion running here. Uh, you can get 10% off your uh, entire order with the code 23 season 10. Uh, so go and check that out. But yeah, other than that, I don't have anything else, Vince. So uh, how can the folks help us out? If you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review so other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. We'll see you next time.